Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sophie. I'm Yelly. And this is She's All Fat. The podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. Now in our final season. In this episode, we're covering late night comedy writer and fat icon Kristen Bartlett. But first, our news corner. Okay, mail alert. We've opened a Google form for you, our beloved family members, to write little notes of love to this fat community that you have built. We'll be reading and posting your letters all season long. Speaking of, we have a very special letter from Hannah. I've listened to She's All Fat since the very beginning, and every episode has been the absolute best. I feel a sense of comfort and joy and learning every time I tune in. I've always been so eager to hear new episodes, and I'm genuinely devastated that the show will end soon. The episode I'll never forget is when Sophie chatted with her mom. It was so beautiful and raw and emotional, and it really meant a lot to me. All I can say is thank you for producing such an important podcast, and I will never forget how each episode made me feel. Love to you all, Caitlin, a.k.a. Hannah. Thank you, Caitlin, a.k.a. Hannah. This was such a nice letter. That episode was really important to me, too. First of all, because it was my first episode on my own. And second of all, because it was an episode I really wanted to do, and it it felt really emotional and important to me too. So I'm really, really glad it landed with you. That means a lot to me that that episode is out there living in your heart, just like it lives in mine. That one's one of my favorites as well. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for writing, Caitlin. This kind of thing makes me feel so happy. I can be kind of in my own silo here, especially since I've been off social for a little bit. And the show is so important to me and it makes me so happy to hear that it's important to you. So thank you for writing in. And please check the show notes to write your love letter to the family. I love you guys so much. Okay, family, you know the spiel by now. It's your last chance to join our Patreon. The money from this season will be used to maintain our site and ensure you can listen to the pod long after our finale. When you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moomoo or above, that's $7 a month, you get access to our legendary patron-only Facebook group where people are talking about trendy plus-size recommendations, movies, and yoga. You'll also get a bonus mini-sode every Friday. This season, we're doing something new and exciting for these minis. <laughs> That's right. We're doing a big sister mailbag. Every week, we're taking your questions about topics like dating and work and answering like the big sisters we both are. This week, Yelly and I are answering your questions about jobs. 
Jobs. They suck. Jobs. <laughs> Stick around to the end of the episode for a sneak preview. In conclusion, now's the perfect time to go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and make a pledge to help your fave fatties and future family members. That's all our news for this week. Now here's the episode. Okay, I am here, family, with five-time Emmy-nominated writer and performer Kristen Bartlett, who you might know from the Fat People Have Head sketch on Full Frontal with Samantha B and many other things. These days, Kristen is a co-head writer on Full Frontal, and we're going to talk about how to fatten up the writer's room. But first, can you tell us a little bit about you and your connection to Fat Justice? <laughs> Well, I'm just fat. <laughs> That's my connection. <laughs> so first of all, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I've always been fat. And so my connection to this world has been like through learning to accept myself and hopefully helping other people do the same. That's what it is. Yes. Okay, let's get into the meat of it because you have written on SNL and now you write on Full Frontal. You're like co-head writer. Those are pretty big deals in the TV world, writing in that position and on that show. I obviously am not a TV writer yet, but I did a lot of sketch and improv in college and then I did a lot of internships in TV worlds before I started doing more journalism stuff. And I'm like really curious to hear from you as somebody who presumably did all that stuff younger and then made it into a successful career, what the transition felt like for you in terms of being the fat one in the room. Like, <laughs> are you always the only fat one? Do you feel like you have to address it every time you walk in? Like, does it feel like college still? Like, what's it like? That's so funny. <laughs> well, you know what? Weirdly, I'm not always the fat person in the room. I think maybe I am right now in a very... <laughs> specific way that when I started at Full Frontal, Ashley Nicole Black was there. Love her. And that's a beautiful guiding light. And then yes. um, at SNL, 80 was there. So <laughs> so there were fat role models all around in my life. But yeah, so <laughs> so I had a full career in a, a job next door to the job. I worked in standards and practices, which is like the area of TV where they press the button if someone says a curse word on air. <laughs> and that I did it for years. Oh my God. And and I still wanted to be writer. I still wanted to be creative. But that was my way of being creative in a weird way. Like one of the jobs that you do is you watch a lot of TV there and you read a lot of scripts. And so if something passed my desk that you couldn't do on TV or that we had rules to say, oh, you can't say that, then I would come back and say, oh, you can say this instead. So in a very small, tiny way, I was felt like it was contributing. A small yeah. creative thing. Yes. And, yeah. But, it, you know, very quickly you get upset by being close to the thing that you want to be doing, but not there. And my husband and I, after losing our dads, we lost our dads within a short period of time, but we went through this period of like grief and also realizing that life is very short and what are we doing? Why are we doing this like very safe thing? Let's try. So we started taking classes at UCB and did the whole sketch improv thing there. So I definitely had to like go against my comfort zone, you know, and but I learned to love it. And it was also, man, I think I got really comfortable with my body really fast by performing. You have sketch. to on stage. Yeah, you do. And like I learned how funny 
and how many laughs you could get by just using your body. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, certainly like after it would be the funniest thing, like after shows, sometimes if we would be like performing at festivals or whatever, we would always have someone come up to us and say, God, you're so brave. Oh, like God. truly like the braveness was just being a fat body on stage I hate that <laughs> I hate it too but I always laughed I always found it to be <sighs> the funniest thing in the world because I knew I could see through what it was did you ever respond or be like why <laughs> I never did I just like would knowingly look at you know my director at the time Aaron Burdett who was a former fat person so he knew mm-hmm. what it was or and yeah. then Jason my husband obviously knew what it was he was a fat guy too but yeah it, it's very funny so like I performed I performed with Bridget Tunnel. I had a show at UCB about the experience of losing my dad, which was called the Dead Dads Club. And so mm-hmm. that was a brave performance yeah. <laughs> because it was raw. <laughs> and so when people would call me brave after that, I would like, OK, yeah, like, OK, it, yeah. it could be because I'm digging into that. I don't know which brave you're talking about, like being existing while fat or yes. <laughs> dealing with like grief. But either way. And then uh, in 2016, I got hired for SNL. And that was the dream, like as a child, like I was so excited to get there and like also like full of trepidation. I knew all of the stories as well. Like I knew all of that, too. And so when we talk about like fatness there, yes, (laughs) I don't think that SNL is the place for body acceptance. (laughs) Really, I can't I can't say that. It definitely (laughs) isn't. And, you know, the stories. But I did find like. The head writers at the time, Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider, were very encouraging of exploring that. I do remember there's such a funny thing on like your first day when you pitch to the host, everyone sits on the floor in Lauren's office. And my God, being a fat girl in her 30s, the last thing you want to do is sit crisscross no. applesauce. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> on the, not. On the floor in a very crowded room. Like, like it's super, super crowded. You are knee to knee with everyone. And the first year writers, what they do is um, you have to wait for everyone else to take their places because everyone has their seat. Everyone has their spot. And so as a newbie, you go to like where you fit and you wait until everyone's done, which is very weird. But that is just the culture. It's just what it is. And I was nervous about that because I was like, where am I going to put my body in the space? And I walked in and I saw like just like a bright, shining little spot on the floor (laughs) (laughs) and I plopped in it and it turned out I later found out that was where 80 sat. (laughs) So 80 had graduated to a couch and so she had left the perfect hole for my butt, which is ridiculous. Oh my God. Those are the weird things that you have anxiety about, right? Like, Of course. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I mean when I'm talking about like comedy world specifically. There's so many weird things like that. Totally. That are like traditions or this or that or like <laughs> it's it's very ripe for that kind of situation because it's like less professional, I guess, is Completely. not that's not like the, exactly the best way to say it. But you know what I mean? It, there's no there's it's far less sensitive, I think, than like, yeah, yeah, there's far, far fewer people are afraid of like an HR nightmare, I think. Yes. <laughs> so that's what it, it attracts people like that, I think. And I don't think anyone really I don't think Lauren Michaels has ever thought I need to make sure that the people who work here feel comfortable. <laughs> no, I don't think that's his reputation <laughs> at all. I mean, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I don't think that that's like on top of mind for a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the things that I felt uncomfortable doing. And like, and you know, you're nervous to be there in, at all. Like you don't want to get fired. You're scared to death in the first place. And then yeah, also, of course. To, yeah. And then also to feel like weird in your body. That's not great either. Yeah. But I did get to write about 
body image at that show. So I wrote a sketch called Chonk there. Yes, (laughs) I love Chonk. Let's play a clip from it right here. (laughs) Beautiful, strong, gorgeous at any size. You're a woman and you deserve clothes that fit and flatter. You are confident. So confident. Prove them wrong. You rock it. I rock it. You rule the world. Hell yes, I do. That's why you shop at Chonk. <laughs> we know what women want. You want to be glamorous. We know not every woman's a runway model. That's why Chonk offers sizes 2 to 28. You're a queen. You're a goddess. You're Chonk. Head to toe Chonk. No matter what size you are, you'll still feel Chonk. Okay, so the the premise of Chonk is just the terrible names that inclusive stores for women have. Like it's a dress barn. It's it's a dress barn. It's a torrid. Yes. It's everything. It's everything. It's it's <laughs> I love it. I love this sketch. Tell me about so tell much. me about the making of Chonk. So Chonk came about purely from those like bodily woes. So there's something at SNL, there's a culture where you dress up on Saturdays. It just seems like such a college group. Like it literally just seems like <laughs> I know. a college group. It is. It is. It 100% is. But yeah. And that's another source of anxiety because, I mean, men can wear, you know, dress pants and a button-up shirt. Women have to wear dresses. Um, they don't have to, but it's definitely that's the that's the culture that is that's created. The vibe. And you don't want to yeah. stand out in any way. And those dresses yes. typically are black dresses. So when you're first starting, like you're looking for the perfect black dress that you can also run around and sweat in all day because you wear it from morning until very late at night and you're working and you're running around and delivering lines and changing cue cards and all that stuff. So you need something that won't chafe you. <laughs> Yes. It is a perfect storm of things. I won't write up and it'll be covering everything and you won't have to. Yeah. yeah, You got to be able to sit in the floor in it. You got to, you know, whatever. And so that's its own challenge, preferably with pockets. (laughs) Yeah. So I've definitely amassed a selection of these rentable, perfect, (laughs) exercisable black dresses. And one day I was in my office and Julio Torres was there and he was watching me shop. I was shopping in Eloquy and he said, what kind of a name is Eloquy? And I was like, well, at least it's better than Chonk. And he was like, oh, you should write that sketch. And I was like, "Okay, I will. (laughs) And so that was how that happened. And also wanting to like sort of make a joke of the empowering way that people speak to you that is not at all empowering, you know? Absolutely. It's like pitch perfect the way that the <laughs> the messaging is because it's so true it's like I mean and and the funny thing about Chonk is that it'll be like it's like many things in for fat people which is like anybody who's fat who's watching that will get so much more out of it than somebody who's thin but also it's funny for thin people <laughs> you I know what I mean <laughs> thank you I hope so yeah we and of course like you know for the show like we had to feature a lot of different body types and so we made this like very inclusive sizing zero to 28 <laughs> and yes and it's like that's it's, unrealistic <laughs> it's completely unrealistic I would love a chunk yes. honestly um <laughs> for real I want a chunk but yeah like I think everyone like of all like so many body types they felt that hardcore like that you know I know that Vanessa Bayer did and I know that Leslie Jones did like we have like a full wardrobe team that are so incredible 
we were talking through the costuming and like we didn't ever want people to look bad. Like we wanted them to look great. Like all of the clothes look great. Like they look fantastic yeah. and, and right for for each person. But the conversation is what is so humiliating. Like Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's like for you, for for <laughs> your curves. It's like my <laughs> most hated phrase. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like I got one over on SNL by being able to write about that because I don't think that they do yes. a lot of like, you know, body image stuff there. When I first watched it, I remember watching it suspiciously because I was like, is this where is this going? Because I, I <laughs> is making fun SNL? of people. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I know that some of the comments at first, like I, I definitely checked the YouTube and they were like, this is mean. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're it's fair for you to think this is mean because you don't know where it's coming from. But yeah. hopefully people got that it was making fun of a thing that we are all stuck inside of as opposed to absolutely a body yes were there other opportunities where you got to write with or for 80 like yeah. writing for other fat people is like a really cool thing seems like it, it definitely is yeah I definitely wrote for 80 I wrote honestly more for Sashir Zameda um we kind love of her too I love her too and we kind of like paired off very early that's sort of what happens at SNL. You look for the people who are willing to have you. Yep. <laughs> and so she was willing to have me, which was really great. And But it was amazing to write about those things that felt so personal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That felt good. I love that. Oh, amazing. <laughs> the experiences that I had at SNL were really, really incredible. And I worked with like, oh my God, I worked. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. I got to write the monologue for Octavia Spencer. So, and Oh that my God. dream come true to be here. No, no, really. I've spent the last four months of my life at award shows, doing interviews, and walking red carpets. So this is my first real night out of my Spanx. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm still wearing Spanx. Oh, you know what? I wrote for Bobby Moynihan, too. Now I'm walking oh down. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I did. And I and Bobby, we did this thing with uh, Nick Kocher and Brian McElhaney, and we wrote this sketch where he played like a doofy lawyer. Um, this Broderick and Gans is what it was called. And he is so physically funny. Like, he does such funny things with his body yes. as well. So it was a joy to write for him in that way. And then I wrote the monologue for Octavia Spencer and she came in and complimented what I was wearing. And that was like, oh, that'll never happen. Like, <laughs> that'll never happen again, you know. <laughs> but but yeah. like, it took, like I, I was so thrilled to like see her, you know, and talk like we talked yes. and like got it. And like I talked about like her like like fashion choices, like, and that was a really great thing to do. That's so cool. It's great to write for big people, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it so totally fun. Is. I also, I love Bobby Moynihan. Oh my God, he's so funny. I think Bobby Moynihan does a great job of like, embodying a fat character who is goofy and yeah. klutzy but like you don't think he's no. an idiot do you no. know what I mean like he's like playing up his physicality without being mean to himself 100% there's like a sweetness and like yeah I love him so much he's so talented so funny okay so then you went from SNL to full frontal did you just go directly there I did so SNL ended uh 2018 yeah and I started at Sam B in the end of May. <laughs> so I met with Sam and Melinda Todd was the head writer over there. And I wanted to work with women. <laughs> that yes. was something that had definitely become yes. clear and true. 
And I also wanted a happier life. Like that is, you know, I think I wanted to be able to go to bed at night at a decent time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I met Sam and it was like, oh shit, I want to work with you so badly. You're so yeah. great. <laughs> she had liked the portfolio of things that we had sent over from SNL and and I think Ashley is the one who brought me over there because I was hosting a show called FOMO Live at the time at Union Cute. Hall in the city. And we would just invite people to come and show Instagrams that looked like they were having the best time of their lives. And then they told the <laughs> real truth behind it. Oh, my God. That's so fun. What a good idea. <laughs> Thank you. And Ashley came and told a story. And it was the funniest story where she talked about being at the Women's March um, <laughs> 2017 and there's a picture of her looking like noble and brave and powerful and she was so miserable of the crowd <laughs> she was cold and stressed out and wanted to go home oh my god I had a panic attack at the women's march yeah it was too stressful a lot <laughs> it was of too people stressful. a lot we of were people downtown LA and we didn't move for like two hours and I couldn't see above anyone I'd pee yeah we weren't moving it was stressful yeah I get it that's very similar to what Ashley went through and it's just so funny to just be honest to be like here's this beautiful Instagram protest image and here's the truth of how I felt at the time incredible but she learned there that I wasn't working in a cell and I think she broke broke that back to like everyone that she worked with. And so they brought me in and yeah, I went and met with Sam at a coffee shop and we just hit it off and we talked about how much we don't like space. <laughs> I hate space. I hate space. Oh my God. I too, man. And that's literally what we talked about in my interview. I'm so <laughs> glad we're on the same page about this. And so is she. Like we, it was just a very funny conversation. And when it kind of got down to it, I, I realized that I was in a position to be very picky about what I wanted. I'll tell you about this. Like I had gotten, I had gotten sides for Britney runs a marathon. I don't know if you'd watch that. Did you? Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I saw many trailers forced sure. down my throat for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got the sides for that for right before the Emmys, right before going to my first Emmys. And the part that I was given to audition for was a woman who is just berated for being fat by the lead character, by Brittany. And she doesn't really get to say anything for pages. And finally, she forgives that person for calling her fad because she knows that it's coming from a place of self-hatred. And I remember getting those sides and I like wrote back to my manager and said, no, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. do this. Like, this isn't what I want to yeah. do. I don't want, I'm happy to do comedy about being fat, but I don't want it to be where fat is bad. And I don't want to be yeah. like, my God, she only gets to like, graciously forgive someone for being hateful to her no that's not what I right. want to do and so that maybe that maybe started a moment of like I know what I want to do and I'm not going to do things that I don't want to do and at this moment I can be picky there will be moments in my life <laughs> where I cannot be picky and I have to take whatever I get but right now I can be a little picky and so yeah I said to Sam that I wasn't really a political comedy person which I wasn't I wrote a lot of characters a lot of silly stuff a lot of jokes and so I wanted her to be completely forthcoming about that and that was fine. They needed a joke writer. They had a lot of policy wonks at the time who were like amazing activists who knew exactly what they were talking about. And then they needed some stupid people in there too. <laughs> it's a beautiful mix. And then, and so I was honest with her. And I think that that was also a really amazing freeing thing to be like, this is exactly who I am. So yeah. when I get in there, I don't have to be afraid. I'm not over promising. I'm saying exactly who yes. I am and that's what you're going to get. So that kind of was the tone of the rest of Full Frontal. Like day one, I was never afraid. Like I never felt 
uncomfortable. I never worried about my presence there. I was always welcomed. It was a very different scenario. So no, I never had any feelings about being the fat person in the room. <laughs> you know, I feel that there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I also can like advocate for myself there, which is really lovely. Like very silly things, but like wanting the right office chair. Like you can. Like, oh, that's not silly <laughs> at all. That's important. Well, it is important. Right. But like I think at another place I might be afraid to maybe not anymore, honestly. But at that time I might have been sure. afraid to be like, I need a better chair that is more supportive for me and my body. Yeah. But at this job, I could very quickly say this chair is not going to work for me. <laughs> and the protection coordinator like wonderfully was so thoughtful and was like, yeah, and so me like a list of chairs to choose from and like even those things were like very different and I hope that we are that welcoming to everyone there that's amazing yeah I feel like as I get older I'm like more willing to advocate for myself yeah but also it's really environment dependent it can be it doesn't matter if it's a bad environment yeah it's like what are you gonna do ask for something and they won't give it to you you know like you can advocate but it requires the other person meeting you like this at the show you know And also a certain amount of power. So, you know, I was a staff writer and to be able to ask for that was a big deal. Now as a head writer, I feel like I can ask for whatever I need, you know, like. Sure, sure. You're the head honcho now. (laughs) Now you get to like, you know, be pushy (laughs) or whatever. Not that I hope I'm, I hope I'm not. But still, I think like, it's just like you, you grow into your power of being able to get what you need for yourself. And that is an amazing thing. Here are a couple of my hottest and thickest writers who wrote tonight's piece about fat phobia. They wrote this intro too. Hi, everybody. I'm Ashley Nicole Black. And I'm Kristen Bartlett. We were so excited to write this piece because, hello, it's personal. I've had thin actors look at my plate and say, it's so lucky it doesn't matter what I eat anymore. They are lucky you didn't stab them with your fork. (laughs) Last year, I saw a new gynecologist, a man. Ooh, big mistake. Huge. (laughs) So this guy waited till I was bare-assed on the exam table to ask, have you ever considered weight loss surgery? I don't know. Have you ever considered talking to my face instead of my chooch? <laughs> no one needs to- So the two things that we are gonna put do a little clip of here from Full Frontal are your pieces Thick Not Sick and Fat People Have Heads. Really love them. Thank you. Thick Not Sick is like about medical fat phobia. This is a segment we are calling Thick Not Sick. Asterisk, don't worry, you can laugh. This was written by fat people. Asterisk, asterisk, the word fat is fine, if you're nice about it. Here's some shocking news that may change your life. Fat people are just like everyone else. And Fat People Have Heads is where you and Ashley Nicole Black create some amazing footage for people to use instead of butts and guts shots, which are the headless shots of people walking around. You know that B-roll of just fat people's bellies when they're trying to run across the street to get away from the news? Fat people live in fear that we're going to be watching the news and recognize our fupas on a story about how bad fat people are. So we did something about it. Take a look. I remember watching that and being like, I can't believe they did this. Like, I was like, (laughs) I can't believe it happened. Like, I was like, thank you. It was a big deal. Big deal for me, at least. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, I think that just speaks to Sam. So... We that came after that pitch, I think, came from Allie Elkin, who um, is a producer on the show. And it came after that HuffPo article about medical phobia. So written by Michael Hobbs, who is co-host of Maintenance Phase with Aubrey. Yeah. So that article had come out and I think it made all of everyone I know feel a million things. And so we started talking about that in the room and 
I was excited to write about it. Ashley was excited to write about it. And Melinda was the head writer and she let us go off and do that. And it was at the time, shortly thereafter, that Ashley took a job writing and performing on Black Lady Sketch Show. So it was an interesting transition time. And I thought that it wasn't going to (laughs) happen. Thankfully, like she got to come back and shoot that with us, which was really, really oh, great. You guys are such a fun pair. I was like hoping Aww. you guys would do more too. Oh, I was I sad wish that, that I was we... like, oh, she left. Oh my God. Yeah. We were neighbors for a couple of years, which is really great. We like literally lived on the same floor. <laughs> and oh, that's so nice. I hope I get to do more things with Ashley because she's incredible. I love yeah. her. Yeah. I remember when we were talking about it and just like formulating the pitch in the room, you know, in the room with like producers and writers and just everyone and everyone sort of sharing their thoughts about all of this. And I remember Sam saying, this might be the thing we do that is the most hated because yeah. everyone hates fat people. And that's yes, true. absolutely. Like she said that she was, and I know she was nervous for me. Like I know that she was nervous about us. Not, I mean, Ashley had been on camera, so she wasn't nervous about Ashley because Ashley was a correspondent, but I think she was nervous about me and like how I would feel. And if I would like, be okay yeah opening myself up to the internet essentially yep (laughs) yeah and it's true it absolutely was a thing like I'm so proud of it and it was fun to do and I don't I never felt even slightly bad about any of the negative negative comments and in fact it was like I was able to read them and completely divorce myself from the reality of what people were saying but like there were these like fitness gurus who made videos that were like talk backs (sighs) who would like work to like, you know, break apart the arguments or whatever. And you have like full videos just answering back to this, to this thing on, I don't know, man. That's wild. It's wild. And of course the comments on, there were amazing ones, very kind ones. And then there were amazing, there were like amazingly awful ones talking about Maya and Ashley's bodies, you know? Oh God. And it didn't hurt. Cause I feel like I got so, I got so much of a response from that too, from people who were like, thank you. Like, you know, yeah. thank you for saying those things. And, and it wasn't even that radical. Like <laughs> we weren't like, yes. I mean, I think it was like, as you know, like we have a full research team, we have a full fact check team and they're like amazing at what they do. And they're like, you know, down to the science, like I, we can say this, we can't say that. Like, what can we stand by? Um, what do we f- emotionally know is true and what can we actually say is true yes that's Uh, what was I was thinking when I was looking at I like rewatched all these things before this and I was like looking at the YouTube comments which are always a cesspool on any it doesn't I mean YouTube comments are like not representative I don't think of real people in general hopefully because they're just always awful it's awful but it was interesting to see how many I was like yes as expected so many people here are like this is not scientific this is not scientific and I was like what do you think like do you think this is just like what how how do you I don't know it's just like what's the disconnect here you think they're all like this is an opinion piece it's like it's not it's not and the things that we said I know were scientifically based because I had plenty of things that were opinion that had to be cut out of it yeah I I mean that's very I mean (laughs) as somebody who knows all this stuff that was very clear watching it that it was like just stuff that could be yeah cited and backed up and like there's this one line where sam says like talking about somebody's illness is being missed because they're fat and she's like some of like bad outcome you know i just like can be attributed to that i was like yeah they're being really careful like i clocked that (laughs) and yeah absolutely we had to add those sums we had to add maybes we had to add the mites and all of that stuff too but like you know so it wasn't that radical compared to like i think 
the health at any size movement in general. Like, I think it was what we could scientifically say. I think it's upsetting to people to say these things when they have built their entire lives on oh, yeah. why their bodies are better than other bodies. So to break that down in any way is a challenge that could suggest that they are not better. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and, and so that's where that breakdown comes from. But I also think it meant a lot of people. I think that people liked it. And, you know, we did the fat people have heads thing was just like a fun little sketch that we did on top of it where Ashley and I got to feel glamorous. No, we had a lot of comments on that where people were, say, were saying like, why did you include men who were like muscular, like had like fit bodies? And you know what? We shouldn't have like that was like, that's like good. I mean, we it's it's maybe funnier for the joke, the immediate joke, but like we should have included men's bodies as well. Like that, that was like very good critique. So yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Well, what was it like after doing that? Did you kind of feel like, okay, I've done the thing I want to do about this. Do you feel like you have more you want to say about fatness on TV? Like, oh my gosh. do you think you'll, do you include it in your writing in the future? What's your vibe? <laughs> I definitely want to. I, I don't know what my story is yet about it. You know, like, like, you know what? I love Dairy Girls. Like, I <laughs> I lo love Dairy yeah, Girls. I love seeing, I love the movie Spy. Like, I love seeing big women mm -hmm. and big people playing things that aren't about their weight. And I think, yes. yeah, so that's what I hope I'm making. Like, I hope I get to make something where you just see, like, different body sizes. And it's just not about that. It's not about... And, and and also every other group. Yeah, it's just not about their own marginalization. <laughs> that's what yes. I that's what I dream of. Yes. <laughs> that's a really good way to put it. I mean, that encapsulates it all, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I hope. But I know I have sad stories in there, so I do want to tell them. But I, I don't know what it is just yet. I write a lot about grief because that is sort of the story of my life. Yeah. I mean, my God, like just like growing up as a fat person, like what that's like and how you have to adopt. I think I adopt adopted like more of a powerful personality as a response to yeah. feeling insecure about my body and like or people. It's not some bullying, but like, my God, I, I remember like in the eighth grade, I was invited to a pool party. And the reason I was invited to a pool party was because that way that wouldn't I the 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 woman who was inviting me the young lady would have someone a little fatter than her uh-huh yeah so <laughs> that she was the thinner one yeah exactly yep. and like I didn't you know these were my friends and so I was invited to this party and then later a friend of mine said that this is what he heard and I've I've walked away you know always knowing that you know oh god and so it's just like the daily the daily ways that we are made to feel less than because of our bodies never getting yes. cast. I know that like I was maligned, like I like, like my career took longer to get to because of how I was treated in high school theater. Cause you're not, yes. you're not cast in a lead role. You're not, you're always the ensemble. <laughs> You know, no, you're allowed to be. I was cast as like nurse, assistant, <laughs> lady who screams, mm -hmm. like mom, grandma. Oh, you're always the mom. Like always the mom. It's not acceptable for fat people to be the protagonist because then you'd have to be sexy. Um, but you can be fat and a mom. You That's acceptable. Can. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so I think what you walk away with from that is not it's not, I'm not getting this because I'm fat. You're getting, you, you walk away by thinking I'm not getting this because I'm not good enough. And so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so it takes a decade or more if you're lucky 
to undo all of that. Yeah. And the way that yeah. <laughs> completely and the way that I was able to undo that was by making my own stuff. And so I think that's like the lesson over and over again is like if I get if I get turned away for whatever reason, it's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do my own thing. Yes. And then I end up being happier and I control it and I'm able to own every part of it. And that's much more satisfying. Yeah. yeah, that's why we did the podcast for yes, sure. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> and that helps yeah, people. Exactly. You know? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you have been in writer's rooms, have you ever – so this is, like, very much ex- based on my experience in writer's writers groups mm-hmm. and college and taking UCB classes. Sure. Are you the kind of person who was the killjoy? Because I was the killjoy for things that I thought were offensive, and a lot of them yeah. were fat jokes sometimes. Did you Were you ever put in that position of being like, this is not funny. Like, this is about yeah. someone in a bad way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. But not so much in my own sketch teams ever. Like that wasn't because I, again, it's that control thing because you pick the people that you love. Like it, you end up being able to like trust whatever they're going to come up with. Sure. Um, but definitely at SNL, I was certainly yeah. the killjoy. And also like, I think other people have been the killjoy for me. Like you, because you say, well, you'll say something and you think, God, there's someone else who knows a little bit more <laughs> about things oh, than yeah. you. Yeah. I like I want someone to do that yeah. for my bad ideas. The problem is when so, so you do that and someone else acts like you were like being annoying or yeah. whatever. You're like, "Okay, you want to do something racist?" Like, I guess <laughs> go ahead. Like, what? Oh my god. Yeah. You need to be able to have a conversation. And sometimes people don't know. Ooh, here's some advice for the world. Yes. If, if you have a problem with something, if, or if you identify that something is racist or sexist or ableist or whatever, <laughs> any of the is, um, mm-hmm. you need yes. to say, I am concerned or I have an issue about this line or thing because of this. Say it out there. A lot of people, when they're coming up and don't know what to do yet, will say, does anyone else have a problem with blank? And if you say that and no one else in the room has a problem with it, then you move on. The room moves on and this person feels unheard and like they were ignored, but you were listened to, but no one else had an issue and you didn't like stake your claim. (laughs) And so that is as a head writer. Yeah. That's a thing that like 
I really try to listen for and I try to encourage people to like deliver their notes, like explain your note and say your note, because sometimes people give notes and they're just like, right, they're not on, you know, that's going to happen too. Like yeah. sometimes like something will, you know, bump someone in a certain way that's just really lighting something up personally for them that isn't sure. how the world will feel, you know? That's a real thing. Yes. And that it's also a thing that would For sure. maybe happen more often in a room like at Full Frontal where there are people who are journalists, there are people who are activists who aren't there for the comedy necessarily. And it takes both. It takes both to get to do that show. Yeah. But that is a thing where that can happen more. So I think people need to raise their concerns in a way that really sh- like is honest and shows how they feel and isn't like meek. <laughs> it's not, it's asking a lot, but it is. It, it yeah. Helps. It's always hard, especially if you're yeah. not sure what the reaction will be or if you're not even, sometimes people can ask it that way because yeah. they might not even be and, totally sure, you know, yeah. also, which is like, especially I felt that way before in it, when the joke is something that I'm like, I think this is offensive, but not to, to my <laughs> yeah. people. You know what I mean? I'm like, and I'm like, am I an ex? I'm not an expert yeah. on this. I don't know, blah, blah. But I think you're totally right because being the killjoy is, <laughs> I'm used to yeah. it now. I don't really care anymore. But at the time or like in the past, I would have felt like, well, I don't want to be wrong about right. this. But it's like, who cares if you're wrong about this? You put up the issue and you're trying to save people from Completely. being whatever ism, you know, like that's a good thing. And then if you decide not to, then that's fine too, yeah. you know? Completely. I, th- I think even phrasing it that way is great too. I saying like, this isn't personally offend me, but I worry that this could offend XYZ or this could, people could take it this way. And that is yeah. a great note because then you sit and you think about it for a second and you decide if you want to do it or not. Yeah. And also things are permanently changing, you know, like. Totally. Things that were okay a couple of years ago are not okay now anymore. And the, like, completely. And not in a, not in a, like in the old days way, <laughs> just like we're making progress kind in of way. In this cancel culture way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing about comedy that I've always tried to talk about, it, like with my friends in comedy and that I was frustrated by is that having taken on this killjoy role, a lot of times when I'd be like, I'm not doing that on stage, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm not fucking doing that or that's not cool or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm seen as like the killjoy one. <laughs> but like, I actually think there are so many funny jokes to be made about being fat. Yeah. They just don't get made. I'm like, <laughs> make a funny joke then. I'll do no. the funny one, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that like, Honestly, like, I think there's a reason that Ashley and I wrote that piece. It's because we felt the authority to be able to make the jokes that we needed to make. Sometimes I will write a fat joke in the show and we will just sit there and be like, oh, Sam cannot say that. Like a thin yeah. woman of privilege who, you know, is, <laughs> you know, is, is, yes. is like traditionally beautiful. It'll come off weird. It'll, yeah, it, that would be hateful. But I can say that. Yeah. Anyone else can say that. So that is a thing. for sure. Yeah, that's a thing, too. I don't know, man. I think that there's a lot of comedy that comes from it. Um, it's funny to see what people laugh at. When I was doing FOMO, like I would definitely talk about my body a lot because one of the photos that I would share would be from my first Emmys. And so I would be talking about like, you know, it, I looked great. <laughs> I really did. But I would talk about like all of the work that goes into being a fat person on the red carpet. Yes. <laughs> and there's so much. There's so much. work. Yes. And sometimes people would feel uncomfortable laughing at that. Like they would because they are they don't want to be hurtful, you know, and I would. Of course. It's like I'm I'm able to say this. You can laugh. It's OK. I 
would never really notice like if it ever made people uncomfortable. But I remember Nicole Byer did my show in LA and she came up afterwards and we were talking a little bit about it. And she was like, some of those jokes are really funny. And she's like, I think people have a harder time laughing at women talking or making fat jokes and talking about their bodies than men. Um, and she compared it to like yeah. a, a, a man performer, a male performer, a friend of ours who can really use his body as to mine it for comedy. And I think that's absolutely true. So you never know what pe- people are nervous and that's fair. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I haven't been on stage in a while. Well, certainly not in like over, yeah. you know, a while because they had, but like <laughs> also a little bit before that. But I remember noticing that and, and you know, <laughs> my stages are nowhere near the SNL stages, but I've, I, I do like fun little things. But I've always noticed that that bigger guys, I, there was like a bigger guy I performed with for a while who could get more laughs from taking up space than I could. Totally, And that would always be bug me because I knew it had more to do with how the audience saw me than it did with the work I was doing. Completely. It's also, it's more, you know, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt too. I think it's, it's more acceptable because they've been seeing fat, funny fat men for a very long time. Yes. So they can see, you know, Chris Farley doing that Chippendale sketch. They've seen someone use their body in that way, even though like he obviously had his own feelings about doing that sketch, but like, yes, (laughs) but I think like, People are more trained to see that. Melissa McCarthy was maybe the first, right? Mm-hmm. Who like used her body physically in that way and to such great power. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's more we're not thinking of, but she's definitely a big one of the last several years for sure. Yeah. And like making that more acceptable because, well, I mean, the bottom of it is people don't want to laugh at something that they feel like is is sad or bad. And yeah. if they think that you're sad for being fat, yeah. they're not going to laugh at it. Completely. It's like, well, I don't think it's sad. So <laughs> that's your problem. That's on you. you. Know? I know, man. Yeah. I think that's totally true. I, and I, you know, I can see like, I can see that being the case with my husband too. Like, you know, he would do a sketch where if his shirt comes off, then the world is laughing and take that however you want. But like, <laughs> you know, I know that if I did sketches where I was playing like a very sexual character, like that, that like was such a funny moment when I made people laugh because of that. It was almost like they were laughing in spite of themselves. That was a thing that happened too. Yeah. It's an interesting feeling <laughs> when you're like not quite sure what they're laughing at yeah, or why I or like know. how, you know, it's, it's wild. It totally is. I kind of don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, whatever. Like as long as you're laughing, it's fine. But yeah, that's absolutely oh, yeah. true. Is there a good fat joke that you like that's out in the world? What's your favorite fat joke? Oh, my God. I don't know. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I think just just talking about people's bodies, like, and the things that we have to deal with is so funny. Yeah. Here, this is not by no means a joke, but it's a funny thing that happened. I was pitching Todd Phillips <laughs> on a movie a few years ago, which is very weird. Um, but that's what happens in the world. So Todd, yes. Todd Phillips of Hangover fame. Um, Joker fame. Yes. (laughs) But I was pitching uh, comedy to him. And one of the characters ends up getting like horrifically third degree burn chafing. Like in a like just. Oh, my God. And it's it's like a super awful day at the water park. And so I said that. And (laughs) that's a funny joke. That'd be a funny scene. It's I you know what? I'm going to put it somewhere else. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So there you go. Um, And he did not know what chafing was. So. So I pitched this to him. Sorry? No, I know. And I said, and I don't care. This is going in the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> when am I going to work with Todd Phillips? I don't know. 
but yeah, I, I made this and I waited for the laugh because every time I've ever, I'd practiced it, it got a laugh and nothing happened. And I was like, oh, so, so, so this person is chafed really badly. And he want, he was like, I don't understand what that means. And I was like, uh, it's when two thighs rub together. <laughs> And if you're wet, if, if there's any wetness involved, it's going to be really worse. And what happens is there's like a huge like rash irritation that's very painful. And he sat in complete and total like disbelief that that was a thing that could happen to a body. Oh, my God. Imagine not even knowing of the existence of chafing. Something that's... that I worry about constantly every summer, I think about like truly a different existence like a different is. planet like the time oh my god I, I walked away thinking about the time and effort that I spend on looking for the perfect kind of slip short yes <laughs> and who I would absolutely be, yeah who I would be if I had that time back like what kind of thing would I have accomplished by now god he didn't even get to the follow-up joke about having to do the waddle to get out <laughs> That's when, the you- thing, when you walk like <laughs> Yes. Like a full split. It's very, because you, what else are you supposed to do? It fucking hurts. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. That is so funny. Wow. I really want you to get that joke in somewhere else. else. Yeah. Well, also, you don't have to be fat to have thigh chafing, by the way. Completely not. Like, I don't know. Like, that's like a special body that he must have to never have experienced. Like, okay. Like, congrats. I guess your legs are very wide set, (laughs) sir. I guess the only perk of thigh gap, you know, is to not have them. That's it. Yeah. That's the stuff that I think about fatness that is so funny. And that's why I love, like, that part I love talking about because. You know, that maybe would have been too embarrassing for me to even acknowledge when I was 16 years old. Yes. <laughs> when your yes. body should be perfect and never, uh-huh. never be gross in any way. Yes. Um, or painful. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so like that is something that I really like relish in now because I find when I talk about stuff like that, when I talk about like sweating, like it's only endearing and it's fine. Like yeah, when I... I was taking a meeting in LA with someone who I dearly love now and has gone on to be one of the producers on the show that I was pitching last year. <laughs> I, I had to walk across a lot because I do not drive, by the way. That is the thing. Uh-huh. I, okay. I do not drive. New York thing. Big New York vibes. Big New York vibes. <laughs> I'm presenting them and it's more, it's more about my own inability to properly <laughs> like react. <laughs> But I'm going to, yeah, it's tough New York vibes. I do not drive and I'm out of a concern for everyone yeah. else. I'm, I won't. But I had to walk across a lot and I arrive right before my meeting and I'm like 10 minutes early. And that's so that I can give myself time to like stop being red and also. And like cool down. Yeah, yeah. I do the same thing. Yes. Yeah. And to take um, a blotting paper and give myself like a good once over. And yeah. I arrived, <laughs> I was like down the hall, like in a corner. I had the perfect place to blot my face. And yes. the person who I was meeting with was coming out of the hallway when I was doing that. And he saw me and I was like, oh, I'm just blotting my face. <laughs> and, and he like kind of chuckled and like went off on his own. And and then we went to the meeting and I brought it up and, and he had no idea what blotting was. He didn't know what blotting papers oh were. My God. So I used the meeting to like pull out my touch of blotting papers and show him like it's a special paper yeah. you use to take away the sweat that happens above <laughs> your nose or like below your nose. Without fucking up your makeup. Yeah. <laughs> and he was thrilled and unlike Todd Phillips I think he enjoyed that specific thing that <laughs> happened to your body and then we went on to work together <laughs> that is so funny I mean yeah yeah I <laughs> those 
moments are wild. Just like realizing someone else has never thought about this thing <laughs> that you think about. One of my terrible unpaid internships was on the universal lot. Mm -hmm. And I had to walk every day from the parking lot to the office. Beautiful. And I also was like very hot and sweaty by the time I got there. And I would pause every day by the big minion statues just to be like, <laughs> And then I could like calm down for a second and turn the yeah. corner and go in. But every single day I did that and like the universal lot tours would go by me and I'd be like, <sighs> like <laughs> so much. And, and so that's my delight, like in meeting another fat person who goes to that shit too. Like I can't remember who one of one of the improvisers here who like who I was like hanging out with with like a big crew and everyone decided to go walking somewhere and walk from point A to point B and this person was like no I am taking a yep. cab and it is only yep. three blocks it is a perfectly fine distance and one of my other friends said that she is comfortable walking somewhere but like let her walk on her own <laughs> Like, she doesn't want to walk yep. with you. Your speed is different from her speed. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm going to get there. But, like, let me get there when I get there. Ugh. Yes. I delight Very in Very much yes, so. I delight in that. I have had many, many nights where I wished I would have just taken an Uber somewhere because I got blisters or yeah. the thigh chafing or whatever. No. Like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm just going to take the Uber now. Who cares? That's where I am right now, too. I feel like I've earned the right to take the Uber. Sorry. You know? I don't – what am I proving? Nothing. I don't care. <laughs> Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I no longer care. Sometimes like if like and none of this applied this past year. So this is not a real like these are not. Oh, yes. No longer the same anxieties. But truly, like if we would have like a group outing, you know, 20 minutes away or whatever, I would be like, I'm walking myself. I'm leaving 10 minutes early. I will show up at the same time that you guys do. But I'm walking yep. on a different block. <laughs> I also don't like walking with people. Well, partly also because I've even regardless of weight, because I go up and, you know, I've gone up and down as all fat people have yeah. through their life. Yeah. Regardless of weight, I'm shorter than my mom and my sister, and they both are always walking fully ahead of me. No, it's not okay. So like I'm used to being that I'm like, hey guys, <laughs> wait up. <laughs> it's not okay. I'm like, slow down. Yeah, I think about it at the Emmys too. Like it's fun being a fat person on the red carpet too. Like they're not expecting you. Yeah. <laughs> They're not expecting you. And it's a joy. Like, I think more and more fat people are getting that experience now. Like, there are more, like, fat actors who are – you're going to see them. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think, like, at first I felt such anxiety because it's so hard. You can't go and find a dress. Like, that's not a thing that you're yeah. able to do. So, like, you hire a stylist, which is a very – bananas thing <laughs> yeah as a writer to be doing and yes at first I felt such anxiety around that like how am I gonna look like I worry about that too and I remember like the first year that I went I um, worked with a straight size stylist who had worked with plus size actresses she did costumes wardrobe for difficult people so she had worked with Gabby Sidibe and Shakina Nafax so she had worked with different bodies yeah so that was good but <laughs> <laughs> it's still different. Like it's still different from yeah. working with a plus size designer. And so then most recently I worked with Cat Eves who yeah. Oh yeah, I know Cat Eves. She's wonderful. And so she helped style me for the last Emmys that existed in real life. And then Christy Cedar Thompson made that dress. So that was the first year that I had a custom dress made for me. And I think I never can go back. Like 
Yeah. Because then I was, I again, it came down to being able to ask for what you need. Like I was able to say, no, I don't want to wear something form-fitting. Yes, I want to have an A-line dress. Yes, I want to have this color. Yes, I want, I want to feel like this. And I wore like the lightest possible spank beneath it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, and the previous year I'd worn double spanks that were just like holding me in for dear life. And it, it was a beautiful thing to be able to say, I don't want to have to do that. And I felt so confident on the red carpet and I'm not famous, but I was able to like, as you're walking in front of like this collection of photographers, if you follow like a celebrity, I like walked and they, they kind of looked my way. And, <laughs> and then I just said, I was like, hi, I'm Kristen. You don't know me yet, but you will. And they got a kick out of that. And so I got a lot uh-huh. of, it was fun. So I got to have like my photo taken and that appeared in a lot of places, which was really lovely. Like, that's really fun. It was nice. Like my photo was in Vogue and on Jezebel, I was like on a dress list or whatever. <laughs> and so like, I think that more- you have to send us, send us that picture oh, so we I can will. post it I for will. the app. Yeah. I will. But like more and more, I think people are willing to showcase fat bodies in that way. And I'm excited for that. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. Before we wrap up. Well, first, can I tell you what I want Sam B to cover with you? Please. <laughs> Give me the topic that you need. Okay, I'm desperate for somebody to do something about the upcoming nightmare tsunami of weight loss we're about to head into (laughs) post-pandemic. That's totally coming. I think that's a very smart idea. We always want to talk about wellness. Like, I think that that's something that we always want to examine. And we've done a few segments on the wellness industry. And I think that it's time to go back into the world for sure. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. So if I steal it, I'm so sorry that you don't get credit. (laughs) I apologize. You can complain to WJ about this. It's a free idea. I give it to you freely. (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I have been so excited to talk to you. It's maybe weird to say this, but I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I really appreciate that. You've done so many cool things, and I'm excited to see what comes next for you. you. And um, I want all of the family to follow you on your socials. We'll put them in the show notes and support your stuff and watch Sam B. Support Sam B because we love Sam B. (laughs) Thank you so much. This season, we're doing a big sister mailbag for our patrons every Friday. We're answering questions like, what are the quirkiest slash most fun jobs that you've worked? Oh my god. I don't think jobs are fun ever, but (laughs) I did a couple weird unpaid internships that were pretty fun. For a while, I did an unpaid internship at Soul Pancake when their big thing was kid president. And I got to, like, help out with a couple kid president shoots. That was kind of fun. (laughs) That's cute. Other than that, I would say my most fun job was when I babysat in high school. I had, like, a family that I would go babysit every weekend. And I loved it because I really love their kids. I was just looking on Facebook this morning. I'm Facebook friends with the parents. And their oldest daughter just graduated from college today, which is crazy. But, like, I used to babysit for these three cute kids and then – I would put them to bed and they had like all the all the TV. So I remember watching a lot of Degrassi TNG mm-hmm. and also they like let me record movies to watch on their on their it. like recorder thing. So it was awesome. I loved yeah. it. It was fun. I used to love babysitting for parents that would just be like, I've bought pizza. Their bedtime is at eight. Literally yes. just put on a movie and then put them to bed. <laughs> this mom would keep like bags of chocolate chips in the 
in the pantry to have as like a sweet snack. And I would go in, get some popcorn and get some chocolate chips. I love it. It was great. What was what are some of the quirky fun jobs that you've had? Um, definitely the kind of like most out there job is that I worked as a tour guide at this place called African Lion Safari, which Whoa. is in Ontario, where I live in Canada. And they're like a uh, breeding conservation place for like wild animals. So it's one of those places where you have to like be in your car and drive around in reserves while stuff is around you oh my god so i had to learn how to drive the huge like 50 people like school bus size buses which was a cool experience and like i learned how to drive like a little boat and like a little train that they had (laughs) um and it was really cool i did not like the customer service side of it because people with like families and kids and like huge mm-hmm. school groups were like really difficult to um uh, I don't know just manage a lot of the time. Yeah. But there like so many cool things happened while I was on that job. Like I saw they had a baby giraffe at the time, so I saw like this baby giraffe walk around every day, which was just so cool. Or like I would literally be face to face with like a giraffe that would come up and like lick the driver's window of the huge tour bus or I like saw a baby deer like take its first steps literally like in this reserve. Oh my god, that's cool. Yeah. It was like that is cool. I by the end of the summer, it was a summer job. So by the end of the summer, I really hated it because it was mostly just cleaning the tour buses. Like I would give mm. two tours and then clean everything essentially, but I'm really glad I did it because it was very cool. That is a cool job. Yeah. Wow. That is a quirky fun job. My most quirky job I can't talk about because I signed an NDA, but I'll tell you when we're not recording. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If you liked hearing us big sisters answer your questions, join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moo Moo or above to hear full minisodes every Friday. And that's the episode. Shout out to Stylish Sista, where you can get the only SAF stickers on the market. You can find the All Bodies Are Good Bodies collab at stylishsista.etsy.com for a limited time. And I can't recommend enough that you do. How else will you meet other family members in the wild? I've got them on my hydro flask. <laughs> Remember that we have a voicemail box at 213-375-5023 and we want to hear from you. You can call in with questions or comments and we might even play your message on the pod. As always, shout out to our patrons. Thank you to Alyssa, Lauren, Bay, Lane Harris, Mary Ingram, Lux underscore undone, Ashley Newhouse, Allison Howard, Natalie Strong and Haya Hussein. We couldn't make the show without you. Bye. Bye. She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter Khan, and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. 
please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Bertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. 